Welcome, everybody. You're here with the Doc. That's me and the Baron, my co-host. And uh, welcome to That Reminds Me Of. This is episode 49, and today we're talking about the TV series Time, starring Sean Bean and written by Jimmy McGovern, directed by Lewis Arnold. And if you haven't listened to our show before or watched us on YouTube, uh, this is a show where we talk about films and TV shows and the things that we were reminded of while watching them. There are spoilers. It's just something that happens. We try not to spoil too much, but it does happen. If that bothers you, maybe you should go watch the show first and then come back and listen. Baron, time, time. That's the show. Uh, we don't often talk about TV shows, although they, they, we have a couple times. And this will, uh, this might be our third. I, I'm not sure now. Second or well, third. We did the Blind Manor. That was a TV series. What else yep. was there? Uh, I'm now blanking on anything else that we've that we've done. I think this might be the second then. This is our second TV show. Yep. And it came about, you just watched it. We hadn't prepared to, to review it, but you watched mm-hmm. it. You said it's a three-part series, and I remember you saying to me that you watched the first one, yeah, and then had to watch the second, then had to watch the third, and you didn't did it in one sitting. Yeah, ended up staying up till about one thirty in the morning watching this watching this show because I couldn't let it sit. Uh, I actually I was in a Australian in Australians in film Zoom conference that we do sort of every month, and one of the writers in that in that conference was was raving about this show. And I was actually, we we're kind of doing the rounds where we're all talking about what we're watching in lockdown. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I wrote this one down, um, saw that it was on binge, I believe. Um, it's a BBC show, but you can watch mm. it on binge and yeah, Edith and I got, got into it. And like you say, just couldn't stop watching it. And then, and then I got onto it thanks to your recommendation and, and Wendy and I did exactly the same thing. We started it and intended to watch one and stayed up till one o'clock and watched all of them. <laughs> and there's only three episodes, but and I think they're just shy of an hour each. Mm. So it's not, you know, it's not a big ask. It's not, a, it's not a long show, but it's just so engrossing that once you get into it, you're, you're, you're stuck. You have to know what happens next. Yeah, it is. Let's get to that shortly. Uh, yeah. just, I don't know, talk about what we've been doing. It's been a little while since our last, our last one. It's also been a little while since we both watched this this show so uh we're probably going to be grasping at straws trying to remember remember it but what, what else is going on in life you've you've been doing a fair bit of filmy stuff still haven't you yeah so i think last time or even yeah a little while back whenever it was that we met last i i was talking a little bit about how um through lockdown i've still been applying for things and getting my work out there well the latest little bit of news is that evie the short film that i spent forever finishing in post-production the Aussie uh, dinosaur film the Aussie dinosaur film we finished that and uh, have been entering into festivals uh, finally we've had some hits and uh, I can tell you now that Evie will be premiering at Sitges Sitges which is a Spanish film festival uh, a great genre festival um, in October sometime I believe and then it's going to go on to, to screen at FilmQuest in Utah in the US. So just, ah, I don't think I knew that one. Ah, cool. Yeah. So two really solid genre film festivals will be, will be the first two off the ranks. Um, and we are going to hear about more in the coming weeks. So hopefully, hopefully more, more festivals. 
which would be great. How cool when it's all about making a film for for so long, and that one dragged, didn't it? Mm. Um, it had a long tail, and then all of a sudden you start getting rewarded for something that you've done a while back. Oh, that's pretty pretty nice. And you know, some of these films, particularly short films with no money, right? You um, the crew all come together for this concerted effort, mm. and then three years of post-production go by and they all kind of forget that they made this thing. And then one day, it, and it's usually just the writer, uh, like writer, director, producer, just grinding away at this thing in the background silently. Um, one day you get to re- to reveal to them that this thing they worked on and put this effort into for nothing is now going to go out into the world. And it's just, it's, it's nice when it comes back around. Some of those films just disappear like something goes wrong in post and they realize it's not mm. going to work and the crew just never hear about it again so it's nice not to do that yep nice little present to everybody absolutely absolutely <laughs> what have you been up to doc well i i like you have taken a week off so we are both free and easy for a week and that's that's no small thing because like work really has been uh tough i think yep. for, for both of us for ages uh but now a week off so we've, we've had two or three days into that and i'm just trying to come down to be honest and i'm trying to just do a lot more reading i'm just trying to get back to you know my creative brain and my my normal self so i'm what am i reading maybe i'll it takes three or four days that's common yeah, right? you know just to just to get yourself out of that weird ongoing loop of rocking up at your desk every morning for zooms mm. and and grinding away at whatever it is you're, you're grinding away at no it's just so much more fun just uh playing games um, <laughs> have you read this siddhartha herman hesse no it's pretty good i think you'd like it um, okay yeah it's only a short read but i'm enjoying it it's uh, maybe 80 pages add it to the list let me show you what i'm reading at the moment because i found this uh in my pagan mythology searches, because mm. that's something that I'm working on at the moment, I came across, uh, oh, wait, Randall's yeah. Round by Eleanor Scott, which is a, um, it's kind of a collection of, of ghost stories and pagan stories from the 1920s. And it's a ripper. I'm loving it. They're just, they're just short stories. The first one was a bit naff, I thought, actually. But mm. the second story, oh, man, it really brought, it really made me think of um, the haunting of Hill House or, or Bly Manor. Like it had yeah. that gothic horror vibe to it. But it's also, it, it sort of halfway through becomes like a bit of a treasure hunt because um, the, the guy who owned the house previously, who was the ghost that they're kind of mm. looking into, um, has hidden treasure in the house somewhere or so they think and he's left a trail of clues and so these two in this this american and this english gentleman are on a on a treasure hunt only to uncover a monster basically so that's it it's it's cool so far loving it i think short stories uh, are due for a, a big comeback in my mm. opinion and I've, yeah. I've felt like i'm i'm you know clawing away at a novel um as uh as is half the planet um, but I just think sometimes just forget that stuff and just churn out some some stories that you can whip up in a night. Oh. Uh, so I think I think that's there's something in that. But please um, do. I can't wait to read some shorts yeah. by you. Yeah. Okay. Good. 
Well, that can be the challenge. <laughs> yeah. One short this week, Doc. One short. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll submit challenge. at the end of the week. And it doesn't have to be dark and twisted. You can be. Well, I think it's, it it's to likely to be dark and twisted. <laughs> I think most of the stuff that comes out of our heads usually, usually That's is. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah, I've read other things of yours that are particularly dark and twisted recently as well, but let's save all that for another day. We'll save and it for another day. Let's get up, get back on to the time. Well, uh, yeah, time. I was going to say the non-dark and twisted, but it's extremely dark and twisted in a way. It is. It's it's that it's that brand of dark and twisted that is just all too real. It's it's a situation that you know thousands and thousands of people are living through right now, and it mm. is it is very dark and twisted. And just I'll let me start with looking at those faces behind you on your background, mm. Sean Bean's face and the he's aged into that face so beautifully. Like it just, it says so much, doesn't it? He really has. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Well, should we give the, um, should we give a little synopsis of, of time, what yeah. it's about, talk a little bit about the characters, etc. And should we start once again with what IMDB says the synopsis is because it's particularly crap. If you ask me, is it, well, why don't you give me IMDB's one and then I'll give you the one that I'm looking at on Wikipedia. That will be better because IMDb has fallen into this problem of like not knowing which synopsis to give, it, mm. whether it's the one for the whole show or one for the episodes. And so if you just go to time, what you get is, I believe, one of the episodes. Anyway, Eric is a prison officer who tries to protect those in his charge. When one of the most dangerous inmates identifies his weakness, Eric faces an impossible choice between his principles and his love for his family. Now, you Which, see, that to me tells exactly and literally half the story. Yes. So, and, and that's, really, that's one, that's really sort of the overarching, the overarching plot of like one character. Mm. And it leaves out entirely, though, Sean Bean's character in a, in a way. It does not, not entirely, but he's not mentioned by name or, mm. and really the story is his. It's more his. Yeah. Well, I'll read you Wikipedia's version, okay. which is, uh, leans towards the same problem, but is a, is a little bit better. Okay. Uh, Mark Cobden is a newly imprisoned, consumed by guilt for his crime. No, hang on. Let me start again. Mark Cobden is newly imprisoned, consumed by guilt for his crime and way out of his depth in the volatile world of prison life. So there you've got Sean Bean. Okay, so now we've, got, now we've got both characters. We just need to combine those, those synopses and we'd sort of be closer. Oh, no, Wikipedia does. It then goes on okay. to say he meets Eric McNally, an excellent prison officer. I love how excellent. excellent that sort of judgment of him in a synopsis <laughs> doesn't quite sound right. An excellent prison officer doing, doing his best to protect those in his charge. However, when one of the most dangerous inmates identifies his weakness, Eric faces an impossible choice between his principles and his family. That's taken from your one. They've taken it from IMDb. Okay. Okay. Or, well, so I think that, that covers the show. There's not much more to say, really. Uh, yeah. It's all there. <laughs> <laughs> so they did an okay job after yeah. all. Well, can I just add to that, perhaps, that the reason Sean Bean's character, who is Mark Cobden, mm. is in prison, pretty important, I think, is that he's he's a drunk. Yeah. And one night he he runs over an Uber driver like an Uber driver on a bicycle, I guess. Like a mm. it's and he's presented with this problem of 
do I stop and help this man or do I get back in my car and keep driving? And he chooses the latter. And that, you know, and I guess you should add too that he's a, he's a fairly respected teacher, even though yeah. a lot of people seem to understand that he's, he's a drunk. So, you know, he's got a lot to lose and he decides to drive away. And that's what lands him in prison. And it's important because you get this, this strong feeling that uh, he is trying to atone and his time in prison is something that he's sort of taking seriously. You know, he's not pretending he's not guilty. And mm. so you get this kind of man who's done wrong, but he's quite honest, dropped in prison in a situation where he's clearly a fish out of water, like, the, you know, he's, he's ill-prepared for, for, the, for the system. I think there's an important other layer to, mm. to what you've just said, and that's that initially you don't know what he's done as a viewer. Mm. You just see him correct yeah enter prison he he looks quite a respectable character and you're seeing him having to go through all the the motions those you know awful things that they they have to do in order to get in like strip search and come into contact with all these crazy characters and then it's only a little bit later i think that you you start to learn more about what he's done and that just sort of comes out slowly and then there's a kind of flashbacky sequence sequence that actually shows everything that you just stepped out there, but you only yeah. know that from memory, like about halfway through, don't you? Yeah. I'm just wondering if that's the end of episode one or mm. if it comes in episode two, and I'm just can't remember exactly where it lands, but that, that that's right. And it's a good point. All you know, when you, when you enter this show is that he's, he's in prison, like he's entering the gates of prison right from mm. the get go. And he's soft, like he's in trouble. You just get that sense straight away. He's a, he's a guy who is just so out of his depth and in there with some pretty wild, wild people. And the other thing you get off, off the bat is that Stephen Graham's character, Eric McNally, you get, you learn pretty early on that he's like, he's tough, but fair. And like, seems to be like a decent, pretty decent human. You, you get that pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think that's why it makes it probably legitimate for Wikipedia to say he's yeah. an excellent prison officer because he right. he kind of is. He does everything by the book. He's mm-hmm. completely trusted by his peers and even the prisoners think of him as a you know a fairly fair fair man. And I think that's probably half why they've targeted him. Yeah, I think with the Sean with the Sean Bean character, it's it's quite important that they only drop what he's done a bit later from from his from a storytelling perspective you really get to know him and like him and empathise with him. Uh, you, you feel like you're entering into prison with him. You, you really get to like him before you know what he's done. Yeah. Uh, had, had you seen all that first up, you'd probably, you might, you might think differently about him um, as he's entering. I think that's right. I think it's actually really clever. And so that brings me to something that one of the reasons why I wanted I recommended this to you is that I think the writing in this is spectacular. I think it's really, really, really great writing. And that's what, that's what attracted me to it. Probably midway through the first episode, I was, I was taken in by that, how well this thing was written and directed beautifully as well. Like I think the director's Lewis Arnold. He's done a lot of TV shows. Doesn't seem to be that old. He's kind of a youngish guy. And Jimmy McGovern's a lot older and seems to be, you know, like his work goes right back to, uh, Cracker and Brookside and like these old British shows. Yeah. So, but the two of them together, it's a great team. 
I mean, I, I, I haven't seen any of the other shows by Lewis Arnold, but I'm quite keen to go through and have a look. Like I, I, I hear Des is pretty good. Have yeah, you? I, I don't know. I don't know mm. that, but I do know that. And I agree that the writing is just exceptional yeah. um, as much for what's left out as what's put in. Mm. Um, Cause they lean on that face, you know, both, both faces, both of those actors can, can do so much with gesture, little movements and pauses and all those actorly things that make it come to life. Yeah. Also interesting, a show that's almost entirely driven by men, you know, you don't mm. have too many of those on TV these days. And this one is done, it's done well. You've got a situation where, you know, there are going to be pretty much all men. I think there's a chaplain or a, is she a chaplain? Is she a... Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, I think Something so. like that. She's, she's, she's so, the connection with the church. Yeah. Mm. Um, she's she's a really strong female character in in the midst and probably the only one you can have in this in this situation but like to have a to have a show filled with men and still kind of uh it's not all it's sort of it's not all like machismo like it's not all crazy male testosterone stuff you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of depth and there's a lot of humanity and um there's a softness to a lot of these men that comes out as well which is really interesting it's cool yeah, I think the the key points for Sean Bean's character, Mark Cobden, yeah, really were were really pivotal, and it's almost what the whole film's about. At least his narrative. Number one was what what to do when you're being bullied, uh, how to handle that, and mm. uh, the fact that violence within the prison system is the answer. Like that's what you kind of have to do to stand up for yourself. Yeah, uh, and he's not comfortable with it. So that's that's one pivotal moment. And then the other, of course, is what to do when your proposition to do something dishonourable, but feel you're forced into a corner to do that. As as he he is is forced into later when he's asked to to smuggle was it drugs or stuff? Yeah, back into the prison. Yeah, um, and, and with that last one, you've got that mirrored with with the Eric character who yeah. also is proposition to do something that he shouldn't be and they make different decisions. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's great. It's really clever. I mean, there's a lot of great characters in this show. All of them are, are pretty pretty great, but mm. these two to have these two set up as they sort of they sort of begin and end as allies, but there's an oppositional thing that happens in the middle <laughs> where they're kind of pitted that you know, you can see that there's tension that's that's, that's going to happen there. Um, and both the, the two of them to come from such different backgrounds is really interesting. Good, clever writing and, and simple as well. Like it's not too convoluted, any of it. Uh, what did you think about Sean Bean's performance? Like I've mentioned his, his mm. craggy face. Um, his craggy uh, face. <laughs> but uh, there's the more. Perfect. Look at there's those more cranks. to it than that. <laughs> Look at them. Switch up here. Oh, it's good stuff. Yep. You can't pay for that face. That's life experience and and poor sunscreen application <laughs> and you know what he also has i reckon well, well this this is a, a reminds me of in a way but he brings to it the baggage of other stuff he's done yes and in particular he's because we don't know what he's done in this situation i'm kind of seeing ned stark from game of thrones entering the prison yeah and I'm, I'm thinking well you know ned stark is beyond reproach so yeah. he couldn't have done anything too bad i'm with him <laughs> <laughs> um, and but then, but then you think about the time where he um, tried to take the ring off Frodo, 
And yes. <laughs> that was bad. That was a that was a low down dirty move. So yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> well, I think I've 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 got more into Game of Thrones than I did with the <laughs> okay. Lord of the Rings. Fair. <laughs> but like he made up for it, you know, in the end in Lord of the Rings. Like he died honorably. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I and with Ned Stark, he he died honorably as well. He did. And I feel that we, he starts as Ned Stark and then loses that uh, polish once we know what he's done. But then it's like a his journey to become Ned Stark again. He really wants to live an honourable life, and yep. I think I think those words are used, aren't they? He wants to live an honourable life, and you know he's one of those guys who who had lost his way, mm. and then through prison rediscovers himself. He's got one of those stories, which is which is interesting. A little bit of a Malcolm X story in a in a way. I, I thought things also just he's like a bit of an empty vessel. Oh, is that the right word? Not empty vessel as far as nothing upstairs, but things just happen to him. Mm. You know, so he he walks in there and he he just doesn't initially at least doesn't push back, doesn't assert his you know physicality on his environment at all. He just moves with it and rolls with the waves of what other people do to him yeah. um, and usually accepts it and and just continues on. So so therefore when he does does decide to push back, it's quite a momentous moment. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, like you're saying, he, he, he comes into prison, he's trying to own his guilt. He's, he's decided he's guilty and when he went to court, he, mm. he pled guilty, took the full rap just went i did it from the from the get-go goes to prison thinks he's going to just do his time and keep his head down but runs into characters straight away who want to push him around and his first reaction is to let him push him around because he's you know Mm. sort of the beaten dog at this point but that just makes it worse that just makes it worse and worse and worse and it's funny that other old old timer who's sort of been in prison for a long time tells him well you've screwed yourself now like you need to fight back um, mm. It's just going to get worse and worse from here. And he, at a certain point, he has to he has to do it. I can't imagine that. Like, could you imagine? This is one of the things that really strikes me about these mm. sorts of films, where you're dropped in prison with these characters who don't who can't aren't set up for it. Right? Mm. I would not be set up for prison. Like, there is just no way that I would do well in that situation. And I looked at I, you watch everything that he's going through, and you you can't help but think, oh. What would I do there? And and there's just no way that I would handle that well. <laughs> Any of that, you know what I mean? You, you've beaten me up by a second because that was going to be my next point. The mm. the beauty of this whole whole uh, series is this doesn't happen to me often, but it made me wonder, you know, what would I do? Yeah, and it made me really reflect on myself. And I was going to ask you, like, what what would you have done? You know, you you're not, I don't think, a fighter. Not um, a fighter. And yet you're getting beaten up in prison. What would, would you push back or or not? I I think I might eventually, uh, but I don't know. Yeah. See, I I'm I'm one, like if if I see somebody else getting pushed around, I'm more likely to defend them mm. than if somebody pushes me around. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's the way I'm built, and you know that guy who's the bully in in prison, mm. um, and clearly looks like he's 
a scrapper, like he's been at it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think I would know what to do if that, if someone like that started, you know, pushing me around. So yeah, I, I completely had empathy for what Sean Bean's character was, was doing. Like that seemed like exactly mm. what my reaction would be to try and put my yeah. head down and just hope it'd go away. Yeah. But how you could, you could feel, I know we weren't in a cinema, but you could almost feel the cinema uh, wanting him to fight back. Couldn't Absolutely. You? Like you could just you could feel just how much we wanted him to to um, <laughs> to win the day. And and of course they've got every other film that Sean Bean's been in in their head, right? <laughs> in their heads, where yeah. where he's totally demolished people <laughs> for for just looking at him the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. So we all know he can. We all know yeah. he's capable of it. We know he's a hard <laughs> ass. He's got it in him. But how how interesting when you um, compare compared to uh, Eric McNally, the Stephen Graham character. So he is, is, you know, beyond reproach, excellent prison guard, and then uh, asked to do dodgy stuff or else they're going to basically beat up or kill his son who is in another, another, another prison as an, an inmate, like an impossible, mm. it's an impossible conundrum of yeah. what to do. Like what? He's screwed. He's, he's screwed. He's screwed. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the really interesting thing is seeing that impossible situation that the guard is faced with and then the other impossible situation that Sean Bean's faced with later on, which is whether or not to smuggle in drugs. Both situations seem equally screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just think there's no way out of this. They, they both sort of have to do it. Yep. Is what I was thinking, and yet one of them does, and one mm-hmm. of them doesn't, yep. and and I think the as of a morality tale that really told me I, I left the whole thing thinking, okay, the right thing is always to take the honourable path. Yeah, yeah. Even if you right. even if you get beaten up, like you're still better off. The, the, I, I totally agree. And I, I took that away from it too. Like the, the strong right thing is to take that honorable path. However, the difference is in this situation is that um, Eric McNally's son is the one who will get beaten to death, yeah. you know, whereas in Sean Bean's um, situation, he's, he, will, he will take the beating for, mm. for not doing this dishonorable thing. And I think that's a vital difference. If it it's is. if it's your child who's going to be the one punished for your deeds, it makes you, it's going to make you think differently about what to do next. Yeah. So perhaps perhaps they both made the right decision. I think for their situations, perhaps that's right. Mm. And there's this awful thing where, a uh, big spoiler alert here, but like Eric McNally eventually gets caught for his um for his smuggling in of contraband and. Mm. Uh, you can see that his senior officer that's sort of catch, that's caught him out is just torn up by this because she knows of mm. the situation that he she, that he's in. If you're a prison officer and you've got a child in prison and the 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 prisoners fi- find out, mm. you, you're, you're so compromised that you just can't do your job anymore. Mm. Honestly, he probably should have left the second his his child went into prison, and I'm surprised that there wouldn't be some sort of law about that within the prison guard system. Like you can't be that compromised. Yeah. Interesting yeah. I, to know if there is. I was thinking what's, what's his way out of this? What should he have done? 
Yeah. And clearly it was leave before yeah. he even got in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. tough though, isn't it? But how good is that? What a great setup for a story. Like the, the stakes are so high for all of them, these characters. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's the secret to a story, isn't it? Where mm. these, the stakes and conundrums and, oh my goodness, how you, how would you possibly cope with that? And these are all invented situations, uh, yeah. but they're also might as well be, they're happening in real life. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the things that's so great about this show is that mm. it is, it's stuff that's happening in real life. It feels totally real. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the wire. Did you ever watch that show? No, I haven't. On HBO. So, you know, you, you have this sense the whole way through that, that what you're watching is real life and that you're being let in to another world that's, mm. that's real, it's happening right there. And that being in that situation is basically going to present every character there with impossible choices every day. Like it's just a, it's just a, a terrible place to be, you know? Impossible choices make great drama, yeah? Yes. Any other, did you want to make any comments about the supporting cast? Like you mentioned the chaplain but uh, the the bully there were the two wives they were quite yes distinct there were three really because it, it was this it was it was two wives and the sister it was it the sister of the uber driver who becomes a big part of oh oh yeah of yeah. the victim yeah becomes a big part of the story as well yeah so the women um were all like really really strong and and it's interesting because they're all outside of prison so you're, you're yeah. kind of getting scenes with them enough to fill in the story and get the sense of that kind of feminine side of of all of these male characters that are trapped in a box mm. and it, it yeah i thought that i thought all of that was was really good and to get that scene at the end that you know has to happen where sean bean's character meets with up with the sister of his victim mm. was it was really powerful i think it i think i might have cried a little bit just <laughs> you are a softie. That's why you'll <laughs> never go to jail. That's right. That's right. I could never admit that in jail. <laughs> um, the things that I've cried about. <laughs> Lion King, chocolate. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're. You're not made for it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you're an artist. <laughs> um, and there's also who else was there? There was the the kid who he used to who Sean Bean used to teach, who ended yes. up being well, no, before that there was that crazy one that was cutting himself. Yeah. 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 That, look, a lot of a lot of good, vivid characters, you know, beyond those those main two that you really you really feel for. That, that the other the other guy who who was teaching the um teaching to write. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one of, of those three, there's, I think the one he used to teach was, it's the guy who played, he plays Daniel, Jack McMullen, I think it was. Mm. This is the guy who he had committed a crime as a teenager and had been yeah. in jail. Right. Was it, was it him? No, 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 actually that was the other one. The other one who never told anybody what really happened. And that's yeah. the only reason why he wasn't getting out. And, yeah. And the, the reason, spoiler alert, uh, was that the guy that he killed, he was in love with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and was too mad, too. You're right. Too macho to to admit to that. So that's a great character. Mm. That's a great character. There's 
the one who Sean Bean is sort of mentoring a little bit, I suppose, who he kind mm-hmm. of organizes a meetup with him and his, his victims. And there's just, that's just like a devastating scene where, mm-hmm. where, you know, the, the parents of this victim are trying to get the truth out of, out of this guy, you know, just understand why he killed their son. And Sean Bean's just sitting there trying to be supportive. Um, and you just watch this, this incredible thing unravel. Great scene. It's an, it's an amazing scene. It was a great scene and how much you could feel then of that kid and you can picture exactly his story when he he's at the bar and has like a little scuffle and then due again to just, you know, male machismo Mm. uh, not being able to back down like he, I think he had a knife or something and he he said it was easier or it was more like he sort of had to do it then because otherwise... It would have been his pride at stake or something like yeah. that. Some nonsense, nonsense, but clearly must be real out there. <laughs> nonsense. And yet also I found really understandable somehow. Yeah. You, know, you can understand how, as he explains the, pro- the, the, the progression of mm. the events, like you just go, okay, yeah, you just ended up in this terrible situation and you chose the wrong thing. Mm. And now you're in prison for the rest of your life. Isn't it interesting with all these prison movies, like we were saying before that Sean Bean's crimes took a while to, to come out and most of them you have to wait a bit and you mm. get to know the person before you know the crime. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's what we're always thinking in these prison dramas. Oh, I wonder what he did. Yeah, you know? that's true. Um, that's true. So it's quite a, you know, frequently used ploy, but it's, it's also a, an effective effective one to get to know someone and then be wondering what they've done and then to find out. I think, do you think maybe that we're a little bit hardwired to just judge people pretty quickly? So like if they were to tell you what they, these guys did first, mm. it would be much harder to get you on side with these characters. And instead what they've done is they've gone, let's get you on side. Let's show mm. you their, let's show you their humanity first and then we'll tell you what they did. And you, and then you'll find yourself conflicted because you're like, wait a second, I just grew to like this person, and now you're telling me this. Yeah. Now what do I do? You know. Yeah, it's like in real life when someone does something bad, and you see the wife or the friends stand by them. You know, mm. something that is completely. You, you would write the person off. You would think. However, when you know someone and you know what what goes into their makeup good and bad yeah there's there's usually some redeeming things in there somewhere no matter what they've done 100 that's the thing that and and you know like we're, we're talking about all these stories but this is the thing that blows me away about this show is it is just three episodes and there is so much in there there you is know, like yeah. there's all these little subtle character things going on little subplots and stories that sort of happen but they're not off to the side. They're all beautifully woven in because while they're all happening, Sean Bean's character is growing. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's great. It's, it's really great. It, it has you, it doesn't let you go, does it? That's why you had to watch the second and the third. It right. does not let you go for a second. Yeah. Another, another scene that I'm just remembering now is the, when his dad dies and he's getting ready for the funeral 
and he's just about to leave for the funeral and then all that other chaos stops him from going at the last minute. Mm. Like that was just heart-wrenching. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but then on the positive, just due to the brilliant writing, uh, they still have what is a really nice celebration of his dad and it's just done really really well so you get the the tragedy and the yeah and that something nice the letter his mum reads out that's what i'm talking about yeah that she was going to read to basically you could imagine if he'd been sitting in the audience like uh about it was all about him and how proud his dad was of him um yeah i nearly cried then too actually oh dude it's (laughs) gut-wrenching that is gut-wrenching stuff oh my god um, and to be to do it so cleverly that the chaplain, I'm just going to call it a chaplain, yeah. gives the letter to Sean Bean to read about himself. Yeah. Oh, that's such a clever move because that just makes it all the more gut-wrenching. You know, like if he has to read his own letter from his father to himself and, oh, yeah, it's, it's um, heavy stuff. It was great, though. Mm. So should we talk about some things that we were reminded of or did you have anything else you want to add? First. No, I think anything else can come out in, in these. We should yeah. wrap it up soon because we've gone long, but let's yeah. let's get to the name of the show. That reminds <laughs> me of, uh, I've got a handful, but uh, do you have many? No, I've only got uh, three that three. I want mention. Yeah. That's about the same. Um, you go first. I'll go first. Okay. The main one that it reminded me of was the, the Crossing Guard, a Sean Penn film starring jack nicholson and david morse do you know it i know it but i haven't seen it and i hear Um, great things about it it's one of my real favorites uh i think sean penn's early career as a director was was awesome he did the indian runner Mm. uh, with Viggo mortensen and david morse and then the crossing guard with david morse again um so in this one david morse is a, a drunk driver oh how much can i tell you without spoiling no, I think I think this Go is for it. I think yeah. this is right at the start. Um, David Moss is a drunk drunk driver who kills a little girl, um, and the thing that really resonates with me, I, I've never forgotten it, is images of David Morse like trudging um, down the the road by himself, and he's such a big heavy man, and you can just feel the weight of guilt on his shoulders and. I just remember feeling so sorry for him, and that's mm. and that's exactly what's happened to, to Sean Bean. It's his fault, you know. He's done the wrong thing. I can't remember if it was a hit and run. I think I think this one was a hit hit and run as well. Um, and it's just so awful. That film has Jack Nicholson then being the um, the angry father who's you know uh, being a Liam Neeson or Mads Mikkelsen out for revenge. <laughs> Uh, and you, you just a, a little similar to the to the mother mm. in 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 um, time. So you've got someone angry, and then but you can sort of yeah uh, empathize with the perpetrator. You know, Sean Penn. I was about to say Ben. Sean Penn is a great. He's a great reference for this in that the films he directs are these like. You know, we've got every, they're all sort of everyday people, you know, kind of Joe's off the street and probably from more of a working class background generally um, put through some like really heavy human dramas. And yeah. 
and seriously tough situations. And you get a sense of that in this. That's what a lot of these characters are in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Um, well, that's awesome. that. The Crossing Guard. Crossing Guard. One I have to see because um, I love Sean Penn and his work. Uh, so ob- the obvious one is the Shawshank Redemption. I have to, I have to mention it. Um, and I'll say it first because it is obvious, but, you know, we have two men in prison mm. different with very different perspectives and um, essentially, you know, through their time in prison, you, you see them change, you see them grow um, and they grow together as well and influence each other. Uh, so, you know, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman in that one. Um, and it's just one of the great films as well. Shawshank Redemption is just awesome. Um, Frank Darabont directed it. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, I think just, you know, this idea of institutional uh, institutionalization, I think they have mm. as a theme in Shawshank Redemption is also in this as well. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's in a lot of prison films, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Uh, and I, I was thinking Shawshank Redemption. It was a, it was a red herring, but early on, when that guy that was cutting himself was taking glass off the window or something. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, wow, is Sean Bean going to find some, uh, you know, loop, <laughs> some hole that he can crawl through right. in the window? It was short-lived. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen, so it's not yeah. a spoiler. <laughs> Great. What else you got? I've got, uh, well, let's, let's stick with Sean Penn just really quickly, Dead Man Walking. Uh, so in yeah. that one, that's not a Sean Penn uh, film, but he's the main character. And the whole thing from memory, it's been like 20 years since I've seen it. but Long time for me as well. <laughs> I can't even remember what he, what he did, but the whole film is about coming to terms with what you've done. Mm. And he went through the whole film from memory, kind of claiming that he hadn't done stuff. And then right at the end, he he breaks down in what I still remember in a as a really moving scene and lets it all flood out. Um, so I was reminded of that in se- several moments of the film, but you know, such as when the young kid, you know, said confessed to what he'd done. When that other that other guy who you know was in love with his mate, when he essentially confessed yeah and and also with uh sean bean coming coming to terms you know with what he'd done that that's great it's been a long time since i've seen it as well so i've got i've got a prison show to mention as my next one oz i don't know oz you don't know oz so i've only seen bits of oz and uh it's 1997 and i believe there was only one season but it has, let me just quickly look at it. Oz up. as in O-Z. O-Z, yeah. Or O-Z, if anyone's watching this elsewhere. <laughs> and it's not connected to the Wizard of Oz. Uh, it's I think Oz refers to the name of the prison. Yeah. Um, but it's got Harold Perrineau in it, who's, I always think of him as Mercutio from from um, Romeo <laughs> from and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah, from Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah. And he's I, just... I, try, I try to avoid that one, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, because like, that's just one of his most striking performances. But he's in it and you just have this real sense of the prison and life in the prison and the sort of jungle aspect of it that you get in this show as well, mm. where everyone's out running their own game, trying to, you know, climb the ladder or stop from going down the ladder. Just really clever writing as well. So it made me think of that. 
and I already I already mentioned The Wire, so I think I could just mm. add those as two TV shows that kind of made me think of this one. You could go on and on with TV shows, couldn't you? Mm. If you if you wanted to, yeah. You go in Australia, Prisoner, yeah, um, and then Wentworth, which is the new Prisoner, yeah, and then there's Orange is the New Black. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're all and, women, but it's the same sort of stuff. Top dogs, you know, hundred um, percent. Chopper movies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Stay away from Prison Break. Uh, even though it's fun, it's not really, it doesn't have that sense of reality that you get with some of these other yeah. shows. And I also haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so what else have you got, Doc? Uh, two quickies. One is The Green Mile. Mm. And that one because of the perspective of the prison guard and when all this stuff is happening, you know, all this crazy stuff is happening within the, the prison. It's like it's a little one, but... Uh, and he, the prison guard, is doing his job but still has a life that's got his, its own traumas and things happening and he's, he's having to come to work every day and do his job with all this backstory. So I thought that was, a, that was one that's along great. the lines of the prison guard. More, more Stephen King as well. Yeah, yeah. The other one I had in mind was uh, Tyrannosaur. Tyrannosaur. Did you ever see that or hear about I, it? I don't think so. Is that... Bit of- it's a bit what of an era? indie film. Uh, good question. Let me just quickly look. I think it's uh, it's it's two thousands. I just can't remember exactly. Maybe when. I have. Tell me about it. I'll I'll, I'll come so to it. it's starring Peter Mullen. Mm. You'll know his face when you see him. Okay, um, look him up. I don't know his name. He's from the UK. Um, he's he's fantastic. He's just a guy who just is dealing with rage problems. He's just got. Oh, serious him. anger issues yeah. and he's he's pretty much driving himself into the ground and it's just set in this little town and he kind of comes across another character um hannah who's a uh like she's a christian charity shop worker and yeah. she essentially helps him to find his redemption or find himself and there's so there's some similar themes of a of a, of a guy who's middle-aged to older who's kind of mm. completely lost his way he's going off the rails and he he finds himself and it's a struggle uh, but it's just also just a great film and it, it made me think of this a little bit yeah that sounds sounds like it would oh i've got one one last one uh it's probably my weakest one but also the best actual piece of art of Ooh, them all okay nice and that's atonement by a novel by ian McEwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has also become a movie. Is the Joe Wright, the Joe Wright film? I don't know who directed it, but it's, it's, I think it's a pretty good film. Yeah, yeah, it's a great film. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm more enamoured by the book, and the the premise is that this young girl does does something wrong. <laughs> um, mm. She causes a whole lot of drama and basically wrecks people's lives um, when she's very young due to a misunderstanding and then spends the rest of her life basically working out how to atone for what <laughs> she's done. I think that's right. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I think that's broadly speaking the I love that film. Yeah, Did you? I love that really? film. Yeah, I loved it. thought it was great. It's one of the things that got me onto Joe Wright and just realising how, how freaking great a director that guy is. What else has he done? Um, Hannah. Did you ever see Hannah? Don't think I have. He also did it. Uh, he, he also did a version of Anna Karenina. Oh, lovely. Okay. Um, 
Let me see what else we got. Wow. Well, he's got good taste. If he's doing um, uh, Tolstoy and Ian McEwan, that's that's a good start. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> There's something really like sumptuous. That's a, that's a terrible word to be using. Lovely word. But just about the way he <laughs> creates the way he creates his films, like they're just yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Who's in um, Anna Karenina? What, it's it's Kira Knightley again. Oh, okay. Oh, he did Pride and Prejudice as well. Anyway, Atonement, uh, just I, I got it towards the end, especially yeah. when it, it went away from the prison drama and went towards, okay, this guy has done something wrong. He's reformed within himself, but mm. there have been, there, there's someone there outside that is their life is wrecked because of this and he just wants to do whatever he can to, to make that right and knowing that he can't there's nothing he can do really that's beautiful yeah that's beautiful that's deep stuff too i mean mm. and and it this show does tap into a lot of those just like deep human dramas that i think we're all kind of they're they're, they're themes that we've come across many many times and when you when they're done well they're mm. really powerful agree well knock well, <laughs> i think we've covered it i think i think we've covered it maybe not as well as every anyone could, but I think we've given yeah. it a crack. We've given it a fair crack. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe something a bit lighter next time. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. All right, we'll have to, we'll have to think about that. I have no, nothing off the top of my head, but there's plenty coming out, plenty of good yeah. stuff coming out that we can get into. What I am looking forward to is us getting into the studio. We're still in lockdown. Yes. It feels like we're in an episode of time because yes. uh, we can't get out. <laughs> Uh, but we will soon. Uh, we'll keep doing this on Zoom until then. But we'll hope to see hope to see you in person. Absolutely, I think in, Sean Bean's character so. does about three years in in prison. And if we're not careful, <laughs> we're already a year and a half, almost get cracking onto two. It won't be long. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. My, oh God, imagine. <laughs> anyway, All I right, think that's Doc. that's enough. Been great, Baron, and see yes. you next time. Catch you next time. 